God is so good. Wonderful. How many of you brought your Bible with you to church tonight? Will you hold up the Word of God? And I want to ask you tonight to join me now in two places. Just two verses, but two different chapters. All right? So let's start in John chapter 18 tonight. The Gospel of John chapter 18, page number uh, 1140, if you have an old Schofield Bible. John chapter 18. I want to read a verse here, then we'll flip over a couple of chapters, and I'll read just one other verse, all right? John chapter 18. Now, don't forget while you're finding your place there about our service here on... Uh, Wednesday night, we invite you to come back and be with us. I've been preaching through the book of Malachi on Wednesday nights. I have one more message in chapter 1. I about beat that chapter to death, I know. But uh, I want to just one more thought. Boy, I, there was a thought, a statement that was made in that chapter that, uh, boy, just caught my heart. And I want to share that with you on Wednesday night. hope you'll be here. And then let's pray and ask God to give us a good time together in the house of God. And if you're visiting with us, you're always welcome to be with us. And I hope you'll come back again really soon. John chapter 18 tonight. Join me if you will now. And I want to read verse 18. Just one verse. John chapter 18 and verse number 18. And here's what the Bible said. And the servants and officers stood there who had made a, a fire of coals, for it was cold. And they warmed themselves, and Peter stood with them and warmed himself. Now, I'm interested in that phrase where the Bible said that they had made a fire of coals. Now, join me a couple of chapters over in John chapter 20 and John chapter 21, and I want you to look at verse number 9. John chapter 21 and verse number 9, and here's what the Bible said. And as soon then as they were come to land, they saw a, read it with me now, fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. So in John chapter 18, and verse 18, we read about a fire. And in John chapter 21, and verse number 9, we read about a fire. Keep that in your mind. Let's pray. Father, bless your word, and I pray you'd speak to our hearts tonight, please, from the Bible, the word of God, in Jesus' name. Amen. I read recently about a fireman's strike that took place back in England in 1978. The firemen there in the city of England had gone on strike, uh, London, because of uh, uh, wanting higher rate, uh, wages and better benefits. Well, during the strike, when all the firemen were out, uh, to take care of the emergencies that they normally handled, the, the nation called in the military to uh, take the positions and the places and handle the fire, uh, the calls uh, that the fire department usually gets. Well, on January the 14th of that year, they received a call from an elderly lady that lived in the Southampton area. And her call was about her cat. Her cat had climbed up a tree, and she was not able to coax that cat back down, and so she called the fire department. Well, the soldiers of the British Army, they all arrived with great speed and great enthusiasm, and in just a matter of a few minutes, they'd set the ladders up, and the cat, in just a little bit, was brought back down out of the tree and handed over safely to its owner. Well, the lady that had called the fire department was so grateful that she invited 
all of the military men to come in uh, for, uh, for some tea. They drank a lot of tea over there, evidently. And after their brief visit the, and, and the tea, the soldiers climbed aboard their fire trucks, much to the fanfare of the community that had gathered there around her house just seeing the fire trucks there. And the firemen got back on the truck, and as they drove away, waving to the crowd enthusiastically, they, uh, they heard a thump. And when they pulled over, they found out that they had ran over the cat that they had rescued out of the tree. I read another story this week that went like this. A man was uh, getting ready to take a vacation, but before he left, he left his beloved cat to be cared for by his brother. Well, he was gone for about ten days, and while he was on vacation, he called his brother one day to check on his cat. And he asked his brother, he said, how's my cat? And his brother said, your cat is dead. Well, he started crying on the phone, and when he finally got himself composed, he said to his brother, did you have to break it to me that way? His brother said, well, how else could I have told you? He said, well, he could have broke it to me gradually. For instance, uh, he said, uh, when I called and asked how my cat was, you could have said something like this. The cat is up on the roof, but I've called the fire department to come and get him down. Call back tomorrow. Well, when I called back the next day, you could have said, you know, when the firemen erected their ladders and tried to retrieve the cat, the cat jumped off the roof, but don't worry, we've taken him to the veterinarian. Call back tomorrow. And when I called back tomorrow, you could have said, I'm so sorry. The vet worked long and hard and did everything that he could, but I'm sorry, your cat passed away quietly. You see, he said, uh, you know, that would have been such a better way to have broken that to me than just to say, your cat's, your cat's dead. He said, well, I'm sorry. He said, next time I'll try to do better. The man said, well, while I got you on the phone before I go, he said, how's mama? He said, uh, she's up on the roof, but I've called the fire department. <laughs> Well, that has nothing to do with what I'm preaching on. But in both of these verses tonight, the common denominator of these two verses is both of these verses that I've read tonight speak on the subject of fire. In John chapter number 18, in verse number 18, we read about a fire of coals that had been made. And then we come to chapter 21 in verse number 9, we read about another fire of coals that had been made. So tonight, I want to speak on this subject right here for just a few moments. Caught between two fires. Caught between two fires. You know, many of us tonight find ourselves between two fires. That's right. So if I could tonight, I just want to take these little verses, and if I may, and just if I may use my imagination and borrow yours for just a moment, I want to talk about these two verses and what they have to do symbolically, spiritually speaking, with the fires of our lives. The first thing I want to call your attention to, number one, is this. We read about two fires. We read about two fires. In John chapter 18 and verse number 18, we find a fire that has been kindled before Calvary. 
Yet Jesus has been arrested this particular night, and he's been uh, there in the Garden of Gethsemane, and then they brought him into the judgment hall. And while Jesus is in the judgment hall, he's being questioned and he's being falsely charged and falsely condemned. And then, of course, he's beaten there in the judgment hall. Meanwhile, while Jesus is there in the judgment hall in what I guess we could call the pre-events of Calvary, outside the judgment hall, a fire has been kindled. That's right. We read about some servants and some officers who, have, who are standing on the outside and, and because of the cold, and by the way, this is around the Passover time of the year, which takes place over in Israel in, the, in the late March, early April, and the average temperatures over there at night, I, I just looked this up so I'd be right about this, but the average temperatures over there are the low to mid-40s. So we could understand how people standing outside the judgment hall uh, that night would be cold. And the Bible said that they kindled a fire because of the cold. So we read about in John 18 a fire that was kindled before Calvary. But then when we come to John chapter number 21 and verse number 9, we read about a fire that was kindled after Calvary. Jesus has already been crucified. He's already been buried. And for 72 hours or three days, he's been in that tomb. And yet on the morning of the third day, Jesus walks out of the tomb and uh, he declares himself to be alive. And then eight days later, his disciples, we find, have gone back into the fishing business. It almost seems like they, they, they say to, 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 in, in reality by their actions, the Lord's gone, this is over with now, and uh, we have nothing better to do but to go back to what we were doing before we ever met the Lord. And so the Bible said that night that they toiled all the night, and it's been a whole night of fruitless fishing. And as you well imagine, you can just see those guys, they're cold and they're frustrated. But then we read that on the shore, the Lord Jesus has kindled a fire for those disciples. Yet we read about two fires, one before Calvary and one after Calvary. I don't know what it is, but there's something, there is something magnetic about a fire. There's just something attracting, something alluring about a fire. I don't know, and I'm sure everybody in here has done this before, maybe been around a campfire at night, and, and have you ever noticed how when the campfire is burning, I, just the bugs that commit bug aside and just fly into the fire? Have you ever noticed that? It seems like those bugs are just attracted to the fire. Hey, have you ever left, you ever left your, your light on, your porch light on on a hot summer night and when you get back, every bug in the county is sitting on the door because they've been attracted to that light? You know, there's something about fire that just attracts things. It just draws things to it. I don't know if you've ever been sitting around a campfire, but you ever notice how when you're sitting around a campfire at night, it's hard to take your eyes off the fire? I mean, it's just something that just draws us to it. You ever been riding down the road and maybe a street or two over, a road or two over, you see this great, great big cloud of smoke and maybe you pull up and you hear a siren and first thing you know, here comes two or three fire trucks flying by and, and, and everybody says, you know, in the car, hey, let's ride over there and see what's going on. There's just something attracting, something alluring, something drawing about a, a fire. That's right. 
And in these two portions of Scripture tonight, we read about these two fires. Could I call, could I call the one in John 18, could I call that a fire that has been kindled by the devil? Because it's before Calvary. We know that Jesus has done absolutely nothing deserving of the treatment that, that he's getting. And while all that's going on inside the judgment hall, on the outside, Satan has kindled a fire. And all around that fire stands his crowd. If you look at John 18 and verse 18, the Bible said, And the servants and officers... Matthew tells us, and I checked this out, I read all four gospels, uh, gospel accounts of this. Matthew tells us in his account of this that the men and the maids stood by. So I think what we come to understand is we got a group of men, we got a maid that's there, we got the servants, we got the officers, but I think the one thing that we all can agree on is this. Everybody around that choir, uh, that fire that night, are people who, who don't believe that Jesus is who he says he is. They don't believe that he's the Son of God. They, 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 they don't love Jesus. They don't have time for Jesus. They don't ma ha haven't made room for Jesus. Truth of the matter is, I think we can understand from this that Satan has started this fire. You know, sadly but truly throughout the Scripture, it seems like men has always been allured to the fires that Satan has started. I mean, the truth of the matter is, it just seems like as you move through the Word of God, it seems like Satan has started the fire here and he's started the fire there and it looks so warm and it looks so inviting, but the thing about it is when you come to Satan's fire, it always winds up burning you and scarring you. I remember that story back in Mark chapter number 9 about that boy and he's filled with an unclean spirit. And one of the things we read about that boy that's full of the devil is this phrase right here in Mark chapter 9. And oftentimes, speaking of this unclean spirit that's dwelling in this boy, oftentimes it had cast him into the fire. It, oftentimes, it had, he has been burnt and he has been scarred by the fire. Boy, I want to tell you something. The devil starts fires and he knows that we're attracted to them and we're drawn to them. But the one thing about the fire that the devil starts, that Satan starts, is this. It will always wind up burning you and it will always wind up scarring you. Many of us in this room tonight have got the scars of trying to warm ourselves by the fires that Satan has started. Many of us in this room have got physical scars or, as the case may be, mental or emotional scars upon our lives that we'll never be able to get rid of because we got too close to the fire that the devil started. And the one thing about it is, knowing that we're drawn to the fire, when we get close to his fire, he stands behind us and he pushes us into his fire. How many of us in this room tonight got those scars on us because we've been burnt by the devil's fire? I think in John chapter 18, I could say that that was Satan's fire. But then when we go to John chapter 21 in verse number 9, I think we could call that one the Savior's fire. Aren't you glad that the Savior also can kindle a fire? 
This fire in John 21 is after Calvary. It's been kindled by the Lord Jesus himself. And this fire that he kindled does nothing but produce great comfort uh, to those who draw into its presence. Those disciples have been out on that boat all night long. They're wet. They're exhausted. They're frustrated. They've toiled all the night. They've taken nothing. And they finally come to shore. And when they get there, they find a fire that's been kindled by the Savior. And unlike the fire that's been kindled by Satan, it does not burn and it does not scar. It only provides light for those abiding in the darkness. And it provides warmth for those who are abiding in the coldness. Oh yeah, in this text we read about two fires. Two fires. Satan's fire and the Savior's fire. How many of y'all are with me? But not only do we read about two fires, but next we read about this. We read about truthful facts. Because, listen now, these two verses don't only have the common denominator of fire in these verses, but both of these verses, somewhere standing around both of these verses is an old boy by the name of Simon Peter. Yeah, back in John 18, in verse number 18, we read there in that last phrase that Peter stood with them. Peter stood with the servants and the soldiers and he stood with the men and he stood with the maid. He was warming himself by the devil's fire. But then in John chapter 21, we also come to understand that around that fire, Peter was there as well because right after that fire scene is over, Jesus and Peter go walking on the seashore by the Sea of Tiberias and the Lord begins to speak to old Peter. And as we look at these two fires that have been kindled one by Satan and one by the Savior, and then we look at Peter standing there warming himself by these fires, we come to understand a little bit about what these two fires will do to you. Let me say it like this. Notice old Peter in John chapter 18 and verse number 18, as he stands there by the fire the devil has kindled. Can I tell you what he found? He found shame and disgrace. When he stood and warmed himself by the devil's fire, he found nothing but shame and disgrace. I mean, for crying out loud, I know Peter had good intentions that night. I think he put a little bit too much confidence in the flesh. Amen. Don't ever put confidence in the flesh. Your flesh by the time you say, I'll never do something, is by the time you find yourself doing it. Don't put, hey, our, our flesh is wicked. Our flesh is weak. Brother, uh, the only thing, the way we get victory over the flesh is through the power of the Spirit of God. I think old Peter had good intentions about never denying the Lord, but he got around the wrong fire and he got around the wrong crowd. And by the time the whole scene is over, there's nothing left for Peter but shame, but shame and disgrace. We all are familiar with what happened to Peter that night. We understand that as he stood there by that fire, uh, warming himself by the fire that night, he's standing there with that very crowd that hates Jesus, that has no time for Jesus, that doesn't believe who Jesus says that he is. They've been drawn to that fire out of hatred for the Son of God. And then there stands old Simon Peter, one of the Lord's very own disciples, by that same fire with that same crowd that he had no business being around to begin with. And the results for old Peter are going to be disastrous because he got around the wrong fire. 
That's exactly right. We're told that this fire has been kindled because of the cold. But can I tell you something? I think that's more there than just uh, de describing what the, 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 the temperature physically was like. I tell you, that's a cold crowd standing around that fire. I tell you, there's no, other, there's no more cold people in this world than people that hate Jesus. That's a cold crowd, friend. That crowd that denies that Jesus is the Son of God. That crowd that don't want anything to do with the Lord Jesus. I'm telling you, that's a cold crowd. And buddy, we better be careful if we get around a fire with that crowd. But I think old Peter's cold as well. The Bible said that he started following afar off. And then we know what happened when he stood there by that fire. We know the denial that night. Here's old Peter. Peter said, Lord, I'll never deny you. I'll go with you if it means to prison. I don't care, Lord, if it means to death. Count on me. I'll always be with you. But then we know what happened. Peter's standing there with that devil, that devil crowd, that God-hating crowd. He's standing there warming himself by the fire of the devil. One of them speaks up and said, hey, you're one of them. I've seen you with him before. All right, Peter, here's your chance now, son. Stand up, stand up, stand up for Jesus. Come on, Peter, take your stand for the Lord. Peter said, I don't know the guy. A little, little bit later, somebody comes back around and says, No, you're one of them. Your speech betrayeth thee. You, got, you talk with the same dialect he talks with. You use some of the same words he uses. Hey, you've got to be one of his. I think we've saw it. No, sir. Peter, here's your chance, son. You blew it the first time. Stand up for Jesus. Peter, take your stand. But no, Peter once again denies. And finally the maid, the lady steps forward and said, No, I know you are one of him, one of his. But then we read about how that the, uh, he denied and even began to curse and to swear. According to Luke chapter 22 and verse number 34, the Bible said that Peter standing there by that fire that night, Peter, uh, the Lord said, Peter, the cock shall not crow this night uh, tri thrice before thou deny that thou knowest me. And it wasn't just a little while that cock began to crow and there stands Peter and that shame and disgrace. I'll tell you why. He got around the wrong fire. And the end result of you and I getting around the fire of Satan will always be shame and disgrace. That's right. You know, the problem is some of us tonight have been finding ourselves at the wrong fire. And the end result, maybe you sit here tonight and because of some decisions that you've made, your life is a ball of shame and disgrace. I say this often, but maybe you sit here tonight and you sit in a place where you never dreamed that you would sit in in your life. I mean, you had big plans. You had bright ambitions. You were going to do this. You were going to do that. But you got around the wrong fire. And the longer you stayed there, the more shame and disgrace that has come in your life until maybe you sit here tonight and you don't feel like you're worth nothing. You've let the Lord down so bad. I'm telling you, you better get away from that fire. Because around Satan's fire, the end result for Peter was shame and disgrace. But turn over to John chapter 21 when he got around the Savior's fire. The end result was substance and delight. <laughs> Stay with me. Shame and disgrace around the fire the devil started. But substance and delight around the fire the Savior started. Yeah, look over in John chapter 21. Peter got himself around another fire. 
And this time he didn't find shame and denial and disgrace, but he found substance and he found delight. You see, when he got around the fire that Jesus had kindled, the Bible said that there was not only fire there, but you read it, uh, there was also fish and bread laying there as well. Now, you can just imagine how hungry they are. They've been out on that lake all night long. It's been a night of fruitless kind of fishing. They have been famished. I mean, man, they're probably so hungry they could eat a raw fish. I mean, man, they, these, these boys are starving to death all night long on that boat, nothing to show for it. But when they got around the fire that Satan, uh, that the Savior had kindled for them, it brought great satisfaction, substance, and delight to the heart when they got around the Savior's fire. Can I just say this? We better hang around the fire that he kindles. You know why we find everything we need? When we hang around the Savior's fire. Can I tell you something tonight? Really, the choice that you and I have got to make is, which fire are we going to hang around? Hey, maybe tonight, maybe you just say, Preacher, you know something? I've been hanging around the wrong fire. Maybe tonight you sit here in this place and you say, man, I have. That's, that's why I'm in the place that I'm in. I've been warming my hands with the wrong crowd by the wrong fire. Hey, why don't you get out of that shame and disgrace crowd and why don't you get over there in that substance and delight crowd where the Savior is who's made a fire and got everything you need to satisfy your soul. Because there's two fires. There's truthful facts. But then I want you to see a third thing and that's this. There's troubled findings. Troubled findings. What I mean by that is simply this. This same scene is playing out all over the place tonight. Some of God's people, just like Peter, are finding themselves warming at a place and surrounded by a people that's only going to lead to your detriment and your demise. You're drawn allured and attracted to the fire that the devil has kindled. But I'm going to tell you something. Please hear me and hear me well. You stand around that fire long enough. I'm telling you, the burns and the scars are going to come to your life. That's right. Can I say that anything that's anybody that's ever hung around or anybody that's ever partook of anything that the devil has ever created is not the better for it? Oh, I know. I know he promises the fun, the fulfillment, the fascination. He, he promises us all of that, but look at the scars on you now. I know I'm preaching to somebody tonight. I mean, man, the devil lied to you and said, hey, come over here, warm yourself by this. And now look at you. Eat up with guilt, shame, disgrace humiliated, embarrassed by the actions of your life. When the Savior himself has got a fire for you, I mean, he's, he, he's created another fire. And I, want you, and I want you to look at this and I'm done. So here we got somebody that's been standing by the devil's fire and they've got the whelps all over them and the burns and the blisters and the scars and yet say, the Savior invites you and says, Hey, why don't you get away from that fire? And in his own words, look down at verse 12. Come over here and dine. 
Come over here to my fire. Hey, I got everything that you need over here, and, and it's without the blisters, the burns, and the scars. I've got a fire kindled for you, and if you'll just come over here, you'll not find anything that you find uh, that you're going to find at Satan's fire. If you'll just come over here, just come and dine. I'll take care of everything. So our choice tonight is simply this. Which fire are we going to live by? Amen. Amen. Which fire are you and I going to live by? I want you to bow your head tonight. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Caught between two fires. Isn't that sad? Isn't that pitiful? There stands one of God's young'uns, one of God's preachers over there with that God-hating, God-denying crowd. First thing you know, he's cussing. First thing you know, he's denying the Lord. He's in a mess. You know why? He's at the wrong fire. He's at the wrong fire. Now our heads are bowed tonight. Our eyes are closed.